though what's with this little thing we're asking, huh? A few rotting corpses to serve our meager needs. So what's the trouble, hmm? You got the blood you were asking, right? You got Orville, right? You've got the warlock and his war chest, right? Is that a bargain, I ask you? A visit, first class. So where's the goods? <laughs> Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going all right. I was a little bummed I didn't get a PlayStation 5, but then I got two. Oh, you didn't get one? No. It's oh, that sucks. Real hard. Yeah, I'm, being, I'm being super patient with that. I, I'm, I'm waiting as long as I can. But then I got two giant tubs of comic books showed up in my house, so... Oh, nice. How what did I you get? Just random, so much random shit. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, there's nothing like getting a bunch of random free comics. Yeah. So we this movie is... This was an amazing choice, because this is something I've actually wanted to see for the longest time. But uh, how old are you? Just a quick question. I'm 35. I'm 45 next month. 43. 43. Yeah, so you'll know that it wasn't easy to see a movie like this for a long time. Like, uh, it would show in theaters, and then you'd have to find, like, a VHS or, like, a rental place that had it. So, uh, eventually, Anchor Baser releasing when DVDs started becoming the format, and uh, all these companies that are bigger now. But, yeah, I always wanted to see this movie, and I never got a chance to see it because it was just that hard to find. And I always wanted to see especially because the title is so great. So, we watched children shouldn't play with dead things and it, i i actually really liked it there i mean it's very very slow but i really liked it so what do you think Heath? i i think i should introduce the show first yes. <laughs> sorry <laughs> went right into it it's fine it works you're excited um, yeah yeah i i literally just finished re-watching it good deal um i'm heath lambert welcome to another episode of that's so random a random movie podcast we are second week in a row now with uh, rituals to Beelzebub. Yeah, really. Um, as as he mentioned, um, I've never done an episode that just launches right in like that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, no, no worries. Yeah, I, I'm psyched in this movie. I just I just finished it like uh, for the second time, like five ten minutes before I got this set up. Our film this week is Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things from 1972. Uh, I feel like you're probably a bit more up on this movie than... Yeah. I, um, it wasn't really my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you know what? I don't blame you whatsoever. The reason why I kind of went easy on it is because uh, I looked it up, right? And um, so... It was directed by Bob Clark, and if you don't know who that is, you definitely know at least one of his movies. So Bob Clark, I'm sure Heath knows, Bob Clark did Black Christmas, he did A Christmas Story, and he did Porky's, which for the longest time, I think it was the highest, the most successful um, independent film, of like highest earning uh, independent film for like the longest time, Porky's of all things. And if you're wondering what Porky's is, it was kind of like American Pie before American Pie was a thing, so... But it was from the 70s or something, and it has even less questionable ideas of consent than those movies, so it's not exactly an exemplar. But Black Christmas and A Christmas Story are classics, and yeah, the guy who did that did this movie for $50,000. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, Porky's is... The 70s and 80s were 
full of the kind of sex comedies that yeah, we stopped totally. making in probably like by probably like 1988 we were kind of like done with it <laughs> you know yeah exactly. there was a bit yeah. of a resurgence with american pie and stuff but we're really and that's probably not a bad thing i mean porky's is not, not at all <laughs> yeah like even american pie was probably much more tame even though it's pretty like it, it, it compared to some of these movies like porky's like oh it like revenge of the nerds for example like isn't the big victory in that movie he sleeps with a girl by pretending to be another guy like that that's the kind of movie that we're talking about with porky's so yeah, yeah. don't you may want to skip porky's but black christmas christmas story but we got to talk about this one that we just watched because it was something else well, but we can we can put put some context. Yeah, on. absolutely. It's, it's absolutely. wild to think that the guy who made Christmas Story made it is. Yeah, he, he, like he made Black Christmas and Christmas Story. That's just mind blowing to me. Um, this I feel like this movie might be the reason we have the meme about theater kids are the worst. Oh, yeah. It, it, well, that's definitely <laughs> what this movie's about, for sure. That's my because, theory. Because that's one of the reasons why I went easy on it is because I've made movies with my friends. Like, I'm always volunteering for their movies and stuff. So I've been on a set, and I've never had an asshole director, like, in this movie or anything like that. But I, I know that experience of, like, you go out with your friends, and you're goofing around, and you don't know what's going to happen. And this, I felt like, was very much a parody of that experience because the guy who plays Alan, the main character, who's, like, the asshole director... Um, he's the guy who also did the makeup and he like co-wrote the movie and stuff. So I feel like he was very much sort of in on the joke here, but at the same time, this is not a very good movie. So the joke didn't entirely land, you know, like, cause there's an idea there for sure. Cause the, the, he looks like Charles Manson, this character, like, and they did that on purpose for sure. He looks like what I wrote in my notes is he looks like if Fandral from the Warriors three, yeah, like Fred, from scooby-doo <laughs> well it, the thing is he even at one point refers to the other characters as his children or something like that so they're definitely and, and he's we'll get into the plot but he's invoking satan all that stuff like they're definitely going for a manson vibe because this is like three years after charles manson well and speaking of the time frame one thing i wanted to get into was we watch this now and so much yeah. of it's like, oh God, I've seen this a million times. You're boarding up the windows and zombies are breaking. Yeah, exactly. But the thing to consider is, is that in 1972, when this came out and I looked and it's probably not the most exhaust, exhaustive yeah. list, but I looked at IMDb's list of zombie movies, all of them. Yeah. And there's only two zombie movies between Night of the Living Dead and this. Well, so that's something I'm pretty fresh and new kind of. It, well, that's what I was thinking the entire time I was watching it because the our we sort of take zombie movies and stuff for granted. And to be honest, like as the genre as a whole, I'm so zombied out. I like I admit, like to get on my soapbox a little bit here. When I was younger, it's, there weren't so many zombie movies, and to me, it sort of all peaked with Shaun of the Dead, where that was like the first really funny leans into it satire of zombie movies. But now there's so many different parodies of zombie movies. There's so many different zombie TV shows. And I honestly feel like there's not really anyone saying anything new. So when I was watching this movie, I was thinking about how I don't like they probably weren't even thinking of these creatures, the, these living corpses as zombies. You know what I mean? Like in the Romero movies for the longest time, they never said the word zombie and they did that on purpose. So 
the, our idea of what a zombie is and what a zombie movie is is completely different from when this movie first came out and was even conceived. Yeah, and there's that whole there's that kind of sociological theory that the sort of the big bump in zombie entertainment is a real like post nine eleven. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it's yeah, also if you go and look at Tubi and scroll through the horror movies and just count how many of them are zombie movies oh yeah just on tubi yes yes you stop counting because you need to go to sleep like <laughs> yes yes and here's the thing as someone who's like uh, my my sister actually helped make a zombie movie and like it, one of the reasons why there are so many is for low budget purposes it's easy not easy but it's 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 an easy sell to come up with a zombie story and have fun gore effects and have fun with your friends making a zombie movie. Like, it's just a fact. So that's one of the reasons why I think you see a lot of them. Yeah, and there's uh, another piece of trivia I saw was that Bob Clark was planning to do a remake of this oh, movie. Oh, yes. Yes, I right saw that. He died in a car accident in the it was late 80s, early 90s, whatever. Yeah, I didn't realize, yeah. And I think that, that honestly, yeah, uh, this is the kind of movie that would would uh, be served well by a remake because I can really see what they were going for. Because there's some moments I thought that are fantastic, like when it really starts picking up at the end. This, the problem is, it's, it literally, I actually wrote down in the notes, it's like 50 minutes in and nothing has actually happened. 55 minutes in, still nothing. And then 101 minutes in, something actually happens. Yeah, I have that note. The first real zombie we see. Yes. Yeah. An hour and four minutes into an hour and 26 minute movie. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It totally is. And that's, that's like, I was, uh, I have to admit, so we'll get, we should describe the movie a little bit, I guess. So it, it they go, it's yeah. about a theater troupe going to an island and it's a little vague what they're trying to do. They're just kind of fuck you. I don't remember seeing any cameras. Oh, they're a theater troupe, so they wouldn't have them, but they're just, kind of dabbling in the occult and staging things and uh, just kind of goofing around. But they're led by this asshole who looks like Charles Manson. And he's, yeah, he's dressed like a Scooby-Doo character. And he just kind of berates and abuses everybody into doing what he wants. <laughs> and that's sort of the plot of the movie. Yeah, he's an enormous douchebag. Yeah. Starting with the first, well, the first thing we see during the credits, there's like yes. a graveyard. And there's a night watchman who has like an old timey lantern, as if there weren't flashlights. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like when is this supposed to be set? <laughs> it's from the fashions. It's clearly the seventies. Oh yeah, exactly. It's clearly like a contemporary film. But this sequence at the beginning, it feels like something out of a Hammer movie. Um, and he gets he gets a real booga booga scare from yeah. some. They look like ghouls to us. We'll learn that they're just punk theater kids. The two gay members of this theater. Yeah, and, and and we do have to point that out because this is a seventies movie, and there's a lot of sort of broad characters. And yes, there's the I wrote in it uh, the effet actor stereotype. That, that's what I put down in my notes. About they're never that. treated as like a punchline or a joke. Like they never they're never mocked. Yeah, was, they just have sort nice. of the lispy voices, and it's obvious what they're going for. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely... It could be worse. Coded. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> um, and they knock this white this white night watchman out and start digging up a corpse from a grave. So these yeah. are... And we'll come to find out, these are just Alan's sort of 
toadies in this theater troupe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but these are these are criminals. Yeah, th- yeah, that's a very serious crime, and Laura is a morbid as hell crime. Like, and, and the, you'll find out later, everybody involved is semi hesitant to be involved in this. So the fact that he convinced them to do that in the first place, wow, this Alan, like his verbal abuse must be super effective, I guess. He just yeah, breaks I, you down. I would argue that no one is hesitant enough. Yeah, it's true. Because there comes right. a point halfway through the movie where Alan decides he's going to take his favorite corpse into the house with him and just hang out with it. Yeah. And no one, they're kind of like, oh, don't do that. That's disrespectful. Well, there is the one girl. Well, it's time to leave. <laughs> Yeah, they, there's a whole a situation where they they're not like where they're not pretending the corpse. Well, they they, they kind of are pretending the corpse is alive. But uh, I wrote down about there was the one lady who's sort of hesitant. And she's she's like the dead are sacred or something, and Alan's like the dead are losers, men. And she says something about machines, and then he goes, "Man is a machine that manufactures manure." Alan is constantly speechifying it. I gotta admit, I was like having a great time anytime Alan. Or there's another character, the one lady. I don't. Basically, the only character's name I remember is Alan. To be honest, in this movie, even though I've seen it twice now. Well, that girl, the girl who has kind of a mental breakdown. Yeah. Is his IRL wife? Oh, really? Okay, so that's an interesting little. Yeah, that's even more interesting because one thing I did wonder is I'm like, I sure hope he's nothing like this character. I think he was just having fun. Like he's like, I've had ass. And it, like on screen, like and have fun with it. I just really hope he's nothing like this character because he's really one of the most unlikable characters. In fact, one of the things I, I noted about this movie is every character pretty much is unlikable. The only characters you can tolerate are the other characters you feel bad for because they have to put up with the other characters. That's that's sort of how I saw it. Like I didn't like anybody, but I was like, oh, that poor girl has to put up with him. <laughs> that that that's basically my take on every character except Alan in this movie. But I don't know that they have to. Like, I understand that if everyone yeah, that, that's does true. That's true. Means, you don't yeah, have There's a very good question. He keeps sort of hanging, oh, your payday over them. How much money does this Allen guy have? They're, they're probably working for a pittance. That's the thing. That's right. They're doing it for money. They're supposed to be doing it for money. And he keeps saying, well, you're going to be fired and your, your, your paycheck's going to be cut and all this stuff. Well, the, yeah, the main girl, Terry, is scared to say anything back to him or yes. because like i really want to be an actor and he apparently is the most powerful theater producer in the land because she just she's so terrified of making him angry that she'll like never work in this town again yeah it makes like, me, you have to draw a line somewhere Move. well there's also the question <laughs> of what are the what this isn't so they're a theater troupe right who is this performance for? Like, is it, if they're not like practicing or staging anything to be shown to the public here, they're just literally like befouling graves and desecrating things. That's all they're doing. Like I, I wrote, so I had to write um, obligatory chubby schlubby guy because they, they have that archetype that's in all these movies. The guy who's always like, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's always sort of a burden and he's always goofy looking. There's the arc. My favorite one of these characters is in Friday the 13th Part 5. I don't know if you remember that one. The guy in the chocolate bar? Yes. Yes. <laughs> See? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. See, he instantly knew what I was talking about. I'm glad. So if you've seen Friday the 13th Part 5, the kid with the chocolate bar, the, the guy who gets killed with an axe for the chocolate bar. Well, you're not very nice. And then he gets killed with the axe. That's, um, that's basically the kind of character we're dealing with here. So, uh, yeah, they, they show up. They're just kind of 
messing around with the graves. And then at one point, he pulls out his grimoire. I had to write that down because it's a grimoire, but he pronounces it grimoire. He pronounces a couple things, and we'll get to that. Yeah, and I I had to wonder. (laughs) I I seriously do wonder, though. I feel like this movie is kind of knowing enough and knowing what I know now about sort of the behind the scenes. I wonder, I feel like when you're playing an asshole character, wouldn't you want to mispronounce things to seem like a know-it-all prick? You know what I mean? So I think think that was a choice. I'm going to call that a choice. Yeah, and you ask, who is this performance for? It's by Alan for Alan. Like, yes, that's a very good way of putting it. Perfect way of putting it. That he's going to make because he's not asking them to perform. He's asking them no. to do manual labor. So he's yeah, yeah. Really show to stroke his own ego and to show to them what a what a badass, what he a is, crazy yeah. guy he is. But he talks to everyone not only like an asshole, but he talks like the worst DM you've ever had. Oh yeah, totally, absolutely. That's a very good way to like, put he's it. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> so overly verbose and like yeah uh, so the, the I, in the notes i put down they, they started futzing with this one grave for an orville dunsworth and then there is what i described as a prank zombie attack so they 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 had staged this i think where they i just watched the movie i already forgot but they they like uh they buried one of them and then or they they had the pit already dug up and one of them laid in the coffin to surprise the others yeah, and I'm, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna back up a little bit before. Yeah, they, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before they even get to the island, they're on the boat that they've taken from. I think is it San Francisco. I think uh, yeah, oh, I, I think so. I didn't really I didn't really recognize the landscape. Um, and on the boat is Alan, and then there's a couple, Paul and Terry. Yes, and they have a conversation. <laughs> Paul looks like, um. Andy Kaufman, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the chubby guy looks like Andy Kaufman let himself go. Like, they yeah, have a very also, similar... I, I noted, yeah, totally. He also t- totally looks like um, sort of a Larry Fine from the Three Stooges kind of character. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, totally. He has the hair. You can see him. He's on the poster, and I noted on the poster, they have him with, like, a Tweedledee, Tweedledum kind of cap on, holding a balloon. So, like, that should tell you everything you need to know about the intention behind this character. Um, yeah, so it's Alan, Paul, and Terry who are coming over on the boat. And Alan says to Terry, like, this is her theatrical, or he's kind of talking to Paul. Yeah. This is her theatrical puberty, he says. Oh, God. And yes. then he says... Yes. Right. Meet that as the troop director, he's going to invoke the right of. Oh yes, yes. Primal juncture. Now, yes. I assumed yes. maybe that's a weird way in 1972 that they had of saying prima nocta. Prima nocta. Yes. I looked it up. Primal juncture is not a fucking thing. Yeah. So yeah, it, I see. That's the thing. I wonder. It's him trying to sound smart and not knowing what he's saying. Yeah, and it's one of those things, like I mentioned earlier, where you don't know if the actor did that on purpose. I I, I think I'm going to vote as a choice, because knowing... I keep thinking, Bob Clark directed this. Bob Clark's no lay-down Sally. He knows what's going on, right? So I, I feel like he knew he knew all these jokes were jokes. You know what I mean? The, the problem with this movie is that there's too much of that and not enough dead things you know there's too much children not enough dead things that's how we'll describe this film um and she responds by saying oh you're too late 
Because I lost my virginity to a Boy Scout when I was a brownie. Oh, right. Now, and then he says, ugh, ugh, God, it's just so bad. Again, I'm like, I have to look that up because what is the age range of a brownie? Yeah, God. Seven to ten years old. Oh, dear Lord. So, ugh. that's not great. So, yeah, that totally went over my head. Like, I thought it was gross enough. See, I kind of maybe skimmed over that in my notes because I was just so, it's just so unpleasant. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I did note. I did note that Alan is immediately sexually harassing the one girl. I noted that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So then they get to. There's an actual graveyard on this island. Yes. Sort of like a pauper's graveyard and also a criminal's graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. They described it on Wikipedia as like a cra a graveyard mostly used by crazed criminals or something like that. I have I have it up on the page here. Yeah. It's uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. It says that is uh, the others by boat to a small island that is mainly used as a cemetery for deranged criminals. So that's a great pitch for a movie. At least, or at the very least, that's how Alan describes it. Who yes. knows how full of shit Alan? Yeah, who knows exactly? Who knows? It's probably for the people who built the mansion or whatever properties are on the island. But he also has set up his two sort of goons have come ahead and set up a set of like with fake tombstones and this grave that they've, well, they, they took an actual corpse out of a grave. Yes. And one of them, like you were saying, this is how I kind of got confused. So what's because I, I got a bit mixed up with, okay, so they got a corpse and then they made a fake grave. Like there's so many steps to this and they put so much work into this one. And it ultimately just ends up being a boo kind of prank. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, so, and those ghouls are kind of watching them from the woods. We see them sort of spying. Yeah, on them. we yeah, don't know yet. The and it's stalking scene. Um, Alan says to somebody <laughs> something about the magnitude of their simplitude. Like that's the kind of shit. That's how he talks. Oh all. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've actually met people who do talk like that, and, and it's truly frustrating. So you can imagine a whole movie where it's fifteen <laughs> minutes of that guy doing that without getting punched in the face. So there's on this also on next to the cemetery. There's an abandoned house where the caretaker used to live. Alan tells everybody that the caretaker who used to live here is in an asylum now. Oh yeah, and um, because he killed his wife and kids or something. But again, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, he basically describes the shining. Maybe it's an urban legend, or maybe he's just full of shit. We don't know. I think he, I think it's safe to say pretty much anything Alan says is full of shit. Well, for sure. Um, Jeffrey is the husky one we were talking about. Yes. Then there's Anya, who's a real moony type. Like yes, space. Well, she, she's in the red dress, right? Yeah. The one, yeah. Okay. No, 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 not the one... Um, See, this is like I said. I can't. I couldn't keep the characters' names straight. I, I probably should have made notes of the characters' names, but they, they honestly weren't not that important. <laughs> that Val's the one you're thinking of. Anya's oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 Anya's the one who acts a lot like Drusilla from Buffy and Angel. Oh, okay, and she's always saying crazy shit about like the moon and <laughs> right. She's the spacey one. Yeah, yeah very spacey. Um. Yeah, so there's the coffin with the fake corpse in it that's actually uh, Roy and Emerson are the name of the two gay guys. It's one of them in the coffin. And he asks Jeffrey to get the body out. 
Yes. No. Jeffrey? Well, uh, I, now I do have to interject. There's something very important I must note. They keep having Jeffrey, the schlubby guy, they keep having him say, I peed my pants. And he keeps saying it sort of meekly and pathetically. And I couldn't help but notice, they ne- no, like, if you're going to go for a gag that cheap, and you're, they, they, don't, they never show he has like a wet lap. And I'm not asking for like a money shot, but the point is it's, it almost feels conscious in the, the way that they don't show it because they keep showing him from the waist up for like, I noticed this because he keeps saying, I peed my pants. Like a whip dog, and they, they go out of their way to avoid showing whether or not he's pissed his pants. And then when they cut to him at the grave, he clearly has not peed his pants. And it's like, I understand that you are an aspiring actor, you're in this troupe, you want to be in the play, and you're stuck with this shitty director who nobody <laughs> likes and he's an asshole. But I don't care. I don't care if you're my boss, you're the CEO of. And I'm like, at Microsoft or something. Like, yeah, totally. You tell me, get down in that grave and lift that corpse up for me. I'm going to tell you to go kick rocks, and then I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, these characters are so, like, there's, there, is a, there is some usual protesting. But it's usually while they're doing it. They'll be, like, digging the hole, like, I don't think this is a good idea <laughs> while they're doing it. <laughs> these kids, yeah. I, I, you know what I, you have to assume i guess you have to assume that alan's been doing this to these people for a long time and probably he's probably known that guy that guy's probably latched onto alan thinking that he's gonna go somewhere who knows i'm right I'm, I'm writing in my own head a much better movie for this movie <laughs> yeah they're just more so worn down by this guy at this point that they just roll their eyes and, yeah, go. and then two people two people want to leave two people have some sanity and they're like this is enough and then alan bullies them into staying yeah, Paul and Terry want to leave once they find out that, like, we're out here just for a prank, just so that you could have... Yeah, really. ...fake body grab Jeffrey and make him be his pants. Even if they were paying me, I'd be like, I'm not paid enough for this, you know? I've quit jobs over less. And, I, oh, there was the one girl I noted, noted this, I think it was it. I think it was this, no, was it the one in red or the one in yellow, the spacey girl... There was one of the ladies who was in the, the coffin and she like in the ground and they were like, come on, time to get out. And she's like, no, I like it here. Yeah, it was Anya, the space. Anya, was right. Which is weird because she was the one that ends up freaking out. No, we shouldn't desecrate the corpse. So yeah, not she's the most fine consistent, with but she's yeah. she's touched in the head, let's say, yeah. throughout the movie. So I guess it makes sense. what her motivation moment to moment is. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so now Alan puts on this whole performance of this, it, 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 he just, to make these people watch him be cringy for 10 minutes. Oh he yeah, totally. Speech. He's got this grimoire. Is this, they, is this when they ask him for the, where he asked for the envelope? Cause I had to make a note about this. The envelope. Do you remember? I don't, this is when he's talking about the dried blood of an unborn child. Yes. Like, don't worry. No, yes. don't worry. No one was murdered. Yes. Yes. That, Where did you okay. get it? So we have to point out. Yeah, exactly. So this, I had to note, I had to write about this. So he's like, hand me the envelope. And they're like, what's in the envelope? And he says, the dried blood of an unborn infant. So it's a fetus? Like, what did he do? And then uh, obviously it's full of shit, but still, like, what an idea. And then he says, don't worry. No murder was committed. I, I had to be like, is this a really obtuse abortion joke? What are they doing in this moment? Like, it, it really... That that moment really fucked with my head. 
Well, he makes it sound like he just went down to ye old dry baby blood and pour yeah. bought a vial of dry baby, baby blood. Yeah, I guess you just, hey, in San Francisco, yeah, you just go down to the shop. Who knows? Artisanal baby blood store. Now, we've gone through it pretty fast, but this is 40 minutes into the movie. Yeah, regrettably, this movie, it, 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 like, there, not a lot happens. Like, it really is mostly Alan just demeaning the other people. And then you watch them dig up a grave, and then one of them lays in the grave, and then someone's paraded for laying in the grave. It's too much talk, not enough rock. And they've got Orville, this corpse that they dug up, they have propped up on a tombstone. Yes. Almost like a crucifixion. Like, they have his arms back over. And there were scenes where I was... He's, like, standing up but leaning on it, but held it, up. It is, it's really, it's a really not so great effect either. So there were times where I kept being like, wait, that's, that is a real corpse, right? That's supposed to be, right. It is supposed to be a real corpse. I did have to notice his full name as well. His name is Orville Dunsworth, which is, which is, which is a really great name. Um, so dig up Orville, our friend Orville Dunsworth. Yeah. And all of the, all of the sort of zombie makeup in here is not, great i mean it's about what you'd expect from a five hundred thousand dollar movie in 19 i think it was fifty thousand dollars it was yeah and but uh what it, it, it will we'll get to the ending but i actually thought when when the shit hits the fan when the movie actually gets going a uh, hundred minutes in uh, like uh, or so um yeah i totally i i thought it was it was good enough let's say but every time it cut to a close-up of, like, one of the corpses that was just laying there. Yeah, that was a very obvious dummy. And so, like like I said, when I was really baked the first time I was watching this movie, I was kind of like, wait a second, is that... Oh, wait, no, no, that is supposed to be the corpse they're desecrating. Right, right, they are doing something terrible. They're not just playing with a dummy. <laughs> but all, all of the zombie makeup is just really sort of blotchy gray all yes. over with no sort of detail, no... And these are all very... <laughs> for an abandoned cemetery in island these are pretty fresh corpses because there's yeah, no like and they, and they made a point the reason they picked out orville dunsworth is because he was from 19 something fairly recent uh, i think uh, I, I forget what the date was that they said that he was buried but yeah every other corpse was presumably much worse than him oh i had to note that alan has an amazing rant where he <laughs> I wrote Alan's amazing anti-Satan rant followed by an amazing anti-Alan rant from the lady in the red dress where Alan, get, he, he reads from his grimoire and casts sort of like a spell from it to summon the devil and evil spirits and all that junk. And it's really goofy like we were talking about. But the funniest part, though, is when nothing happens, of course, um, and at the very least, nothing happens immediately. And so when they're impatient and upset, Alan goes on this hilarious rant being like, Satan, you pretender, I call you a phony, blah, blah, blah. And then the lady's like, no, Alan, you're the phony, and like totally calls him out. It's, it was just very, very funny. And then she prays to Satan. She gives like a real prayer to Satan. But even then she's kind of ta taunting Satan. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, so he does it and nothing happens. And here's yes. why you have to question his actual motivation. Was he out yes. here just to... Did he expect this to actually do something? I think he did. 
I think he did. I think he and did. But he's angry, or is this just yes. more part of his shtick that he's putting on for them? Well, as you know, what I'll, I'll make a confession uh, here, Heath. I was a theater kid, so I can I can give you a little insight into this. Uh, I'm a graduate of Wexford Collegiate in, uh, which is now known as Wexford School for the Arts, and it's believe it or not a fairly notorious or famous school in Toronto, and. Uh, we did, we major, and they still do major, major, major theater productions, and they they rake in a lot of money, believe it or not. So I, I, I know all about these theater kids, and I have to say, Alan probably doesn't even know what he's doing. <laughs> Alan probably is lost in playing a character that is this badass occultist theater director, and part of it, he knows he's a fraud because all these people, I think, really deep down know they're faking it. Like, there's probably times where Alan's at home and he's like, he, re- he has to be alone with himself and he probably just cries. <laughs> That's sort of how I picture this character. But yeah, he, he, yeah, I, I feel like I've met this guy a few times. He, he, he's, he's, but I, I honestly, I, the only complaint, I actually did like the performance, believe it or not, as good as, like, it's not especially great, the acting, none of the acting is very good in this movie, I'd say, but he, he he's a very entertaining character, and the guy clearly leaned into it. My only problem is it's nothing but him being insufferable for an hour. Yeah, you, can't, you, that's you, never, whole you never get a sense that under all of this bravado and phoniness, there's, like, anything a yeah. real person with feelings and like yeah exactly there's no nuance to it like there's like i mentioned there's no plot like there's there's no like they could have had a lot of the time with these movies they have some sort of interper like you know people go off to do something movies they have some sort of interpersonal drama like uh an unwanted baby or relationship trouble between the characters something to latch onto. but there's nothing like that so it's very much you just watch Characters you barely know put up with Alan being an asshole. So you end up putting up with Alan being an asshole. So I guess you're the gauge on how much you can tolerate or enjoy this movie is how much you can tolerate Alan. I have to admit, as a fan of the Alan performance, even I, by the end, I was like, okay, get to the point. Get the, I want, we've seen enough of the children get to the dead things. Let's play with the dead things. Come on. Uh, I want to sidebar here for a second because you mentioned something. I had written at the top of my notes international, and I could not for the life of me remember what that meant, and now I do. You yes. are in Canada. You are my first international guest on this Oh, show. really? That's pretty cool. Oh, I've had yeah, guests nice. all over the country. Yeah, and Toronto's a pretty great movie town because they shoot so many fucking movies there. If you've ever seen a New York in a movie, it's more than likely Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a, a recent example of The Boys. Uh, the Boys, you can very clearly see here it's Toronto, if, at least if you live here. On tons and tons of TV shows, tons of. TV oh yeah, oh I I did extra work for like a summer, and to be honest, it wasn't for me. But um, yes, uh, oh I, I, like I'm a big movie guy, so that's why Heath and I, uh, why I'm doing this with Heath. But just for some context, I, I like I mentioned before, like I I have been on like independent sets, and um, there's a movie called The Dirties people may have heard of, and uh, I was an extra, and end up. I actually have an IMDb page, but I'm not going to tell people where to find it because oh. uh, that's a bit of a secret. I'll, I'll send it to you, Heath. But yeah, um, it, it basically, I went to that high school, and then from that high school, a lot of people I knew went on to make a bunch of stuff, and so I'd always mention them, be like, hey, if you need people to volunteer, whatever, and I'd always volunteer. So I've been, like, killed in one of my friend's TV web series and things like that. It's It's a lot of fun. So that's one of the things why, that I really did connect to in this movie is that 
not only did I understand sort of the idea of like the drudgery, because in a lot of ways you did point out like, why are these characters doing this? Like, why are they digging up graves and why are they doing all that shit? And I, you know, I actually could understand a little more and this is going to sound awful. If they had a camera, you know what I mean? Like if they had a camera, you could at least go, they're doing this for an audience. They're going to go then release the video or the film or whatever. And this is going to be something, but they literally just go and scare each other once. And then that that's it. That's the whole movie. And then we'll get to what happens next. Yeah, that was a, was a lot of work and effort to go to, to scare one person. And exactly. You're not even, exactly. It's not even like pro, prototype or jackass that you're filming. And you're going to put it on. Yes. It, 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 see, if they did have, if they, if they came out, after the scare said like oh wait till you see how scared you looked on camera you look like a goofball we're gonna put this we're gonna leak this somewhere or we're gonna have a film have it at a film festival something like that it would make sense but no they're literally just doing this so there's not even any like tangible motivation here no it's just alan jerking himself off and making yes yes <laughs> yeah and, uh, and i did I really do have to invoke the Manson comparison again because I really do think that might have been what they were going for. Like, these are his followers, for better or for worse, and they, they're stuck with this asshole, this lunatic. Well, I'm happy to say, because I did I did theater in college. I did a show. Yes, yeah, yeah. I did um, 30 Days of Rain. Yeah. I never had... I never met anybody like Alan, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, well, I... Look, I, in high school, uh, I, 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 I got, I don't have, uh, I have no um, qualms about admitting I was a total fucking asshole at that school, and one of the reasons why is def, they definitely reward that behavior in that culture. Like, and the reason why I was such an asshole is because I was, I'm good at like a zinger, like a witty retort or whatever, like that. So they eat it up, and and uh, it, we'd implement stuff like that into the shows or whatever. So. The, um, it definitely is a very sort of mean uh, and unforgiving environment. And there definitely are sort of those climber people who will like stab you in the back and like sabotage your audition, stuff like that. So uh, like I, the way I'd put it is I used to joke that like, uh, and it's still true. It's totally true that I used to you, you go to school and wonder why it's nothing like TV until I went to that school. And it, it, no joke, it was like being on Dawson's Creek or something like that. Only in that, if I had to make a comparison now, uh, Dawson's Creek used to be the comparison, but now the comparison I make uh, with is Glee. It's like it's like it was. And if you want to know what the school is, Nina. If you want to know how big this, Nina Dobrev graduated from the school. Just for an example, one of the people. So uh, I don't care who she is. She went at the same time I did, but people will know her. But yeah, that's that's sort of the background I came from. So that's sort of why I connected to the, that part of this movie. So yeah, so he does his, and it's fails and then he sort of curses satan and val's like no no that's not how you do it here's how you do it and she really yes. gives performance better than his but then she yes. also switches into because she's trying to be funny and make fun of yes him. yes it's into like jewish grandma voice yes yeah, some sort of where she's like yes. come she's on raise the dead what's the big deal like that was a bad i can't do it with the voice very well but yeah again these characters are really, all over the map like like she seems kind of into the occult but not and uh like yeah and um i what did i i think i have some more notes about this part uh 
feel like she's been waiting for his up op- her opportunity for Alan to fuck up enough that she can take over the troop, maybe? Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah, no, I don't have anything else about this until we get to Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did we get to Okay, no, we'll get to them. We haven't got to the weekend at Bernie's sort of sequence yet. No, yeah. So after yeah, so that happens. Alan's all pissed off. So at this point, you the whole group, you are free to stop listening to Alan now. Yes. But he says, Come on, we're gonna bring grab Orville, we're going in the house. Grab this corpse. And everybody's like, All right, I guess. No fucking yeah. way. Now the one girl is really hesitant. There is the one girl. The one girl is very like, no, we can't do this. It's so wrong. And if that does sound like a very poor impression of a woman, I apologize. But that's very much the archetype this character fits. Like the, no, we can't do this. This is a bad idea. Guys, you know that character in like every horror movie. It's always the one character in the woods is like, no, we should go back. I'm getting scared or they can't handle it. Oh, you mean the smart one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's the problem. They always frame that person as unreasonable and and like a goofball. Like, because they, they definitely made her annoying in this movie. I, I don't know if that was on purpose, but she was definitely annoying. And I, they always do that. And I think it's kind of to trick the audience into wanting to, to, to like, no, shut that person up. I want to see what's going to happen next. So, yeah. So he gets Jeff and Roy to carry this body into the house. And he puts on this. <laughs> his ritual thing didn't impress anybody, but he yeah. still isn't turning his shtick off and calling it a night because now he's putting on this wedding with him and this corpse. Yeah, it's almost like he's holding up for him. It's a perfect metaphor for like beating a dead horse. It's like, oh, this gag didn't work. Let me try. Let me try fucking around with this corpse. Like, you weren't impressed by me reading from a book. He's really shaking the body at them. Like, but I just I just don't get it because this is this is someone they don't even like. If my best yes. friend in the world, if the mother, if my fiance, who is two months away from having my first daughter, yeah, she said to me, "Hey, there's a corpse in our living room." We're yeah, I'd ask what the it. fuck. Yeah, anybody. We're anybody. not getting married. Like, yeah, anybody that would ask me that, and like, I like her. Yeah. <laughs> So these people have no excuse. And, and again, again, though, if they were filming this, you know what I mean? It would at least be something. And this is, of course, before YouTube and all that stuff. But people did make creepy movies and, and stuff like that back in the day. So, I gotta, you know, if they had it be like, this is going to be an art film or something like that, I could totally understand at least that the characters are sold on that. That would at least give me enough to latch onto. But no, they're just doing this. They're just for no reason. Yeah, they are getting nothing out of it other than not pissing off out. Yeah. (laughs) And I wonder, here's a question. You have to wonder, do these people get along without Alan? Because if they do get along without Alan, why don't they just get rid of Alan? That's my question, is how powerful a force is he at whatever fucking college? He must be pretty powerful. Must be. <laughs> it, it would be interesting if they established his parents were like bigwigs or something like that, because that would give us a little something. Because like, if he really could destroy their careers, that would be something. Especially once, because it's right here where Alan starts. Because this is where Terry's like, "I've had enough of this. I don't care if it costs yes. me acting jobs. I got. I gotta get out of here." Yeah. Finally, someone Paul, is like, her boy, "Paul, her boyfriend's like, I'll go with you, obviously." And Alan tears into her about how like. Yeah, go on. It's fine. You don't have any talent anyway, and I don't know why you're here. How 
as her boyfriend, Paul, are you not kicking this man's ball? I know, I know. Head. Yeah, Paul, and Paul is insane. And Alan, we have to note too, Alan is a very sort of reedy, thin guy, and Paul looks like he could just snap him and Alan in half. So it, 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 it's kind of amazing that, it, and, and like I said, usually in this kind of movie there's some sort of interpersonal conflict so if there had been a scene where the boyfriend's like fuck you out and socked him like that would have been really interesting given us some excitement instead of 50 minutes 100 minutes of uh of alan being a jerk and it's at this point this is what anya yeah she's like oh but respect the beauty of that there's beauty yes. in death. There's beauty in this yes. corpse. Respect this. Yes. And, and that is when Alan a freak says, out. Yeah. Alan says the dead are losers. <laughs> yeah, and she loses it. They have to, like, drag her out of the room because she's having yes. a complete mental break. <laughs> Which is the correct response Yes, to a dug-up corpse in the room. <laughs> it's got to smell terrible. Oh, well, maybe, I don't, who knows. Fuck. Either way, it's a horrible, a horrible experience. Because this is the Joker wouldn't even do this shit. <laughs> nah, I don't know about that. Pick up me, a body and sit with it on the sofa and like, have, well, yeah, maybe the Joker will. But that's the level we're talking about. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. That's in fact, that's a very good way to put it. And and, and you you ask, has the Joker ever done it? He actually has. Remember, he did. It, it was a garbage storyline, but uh, recently he dug up Alfred and brought him back to life. It was a terrible story. I can't even remember who wrote it. So let's not even get into well, it. That must be real recent. I'm probably not that caught up. I just no. Honestly, Batman to me hasn't been worth reading in years. So I I I, I tried to catch up. I was just like, eh. I'm hoping now that Tinian the Fourth is on replacing Tom King, maybe it'll get a little better because I liked his run on Detective Comics a lot. Yeah, he. Yeah, I've heard good things about his Detective Comics stuff. Uh, oh no, I think. I don't know. We're getting into Batman comics yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I mentioned the Joker. Um, and then I, yeah, he steals a ring or out in the graveyard. They're putting a body back in that grave. Not Orville's, but a different yes. body. Or some other dug, grave they dug up. Whatever. The two gay guys are out there trying to bury this body again. Yes. And he goes to steal a ring off this corpse's finger this is the only one that looks really skeletal now that i think of it yeah and, and that one again it's one of those things where the, in the movie because because we're dealing with like there let me put it this way one of the guys who's burying the corpse is in corpse makeup so when i was stoned my brain was kind of like wait a second is he is he burying a dummy or digging up a dummy or is that supposed to be a real corpse? Oh, wait, no, it is supposed to be a real corpse. <laughs> and it, it would be, if the effects were better, it would be a great-looking corpse because it's got, like, the flesh rot away from the mouth so you can see the teeth. It just, it looks like an obvious dummy. Um, yeah, he goes to steal the ring off this corpse's finger and it wakes up and bites him. And here's our first zombie attack. So yeah, now 101 minutes in. At this point is when I wonder what within the within the story of the movie. Yes. What is the reason that this has happened? Is it did it, is it because of his ritual and it's just delayed? Is it because Val did a better ritual? Is it because of the disrespect he's showing to Orville's body, or is it this guy trying to steal the ring, or a oh, combination of all of them? I, I have a bit of an idea. 
And uh, this is from reading Hellblazer comics. I don't know if you've ever read uh, any Hellblazer. I sure have. Okay, so Constantine, he talks about this, where it's all about intense when you're spellcasting and giving shape to the idea and all that. So I feel like what happened was they ca- tried to cast a spell, and Alan may have meant it and she may have meant it, but when it didn't work out, or at least not work immediately, they then got pissed off, and then they the, the most important thing is they taunted Satan. They taunted, they like flat out called him out. They're like, uh, I wish I wrote it down, because he goes into this ridiculous rant about Satan being fake and a liar and all this stuff. You yeah, remember that? Like, yeah. yeah. And so in I my mind... Promised, I was promised if I did this ritual, yes, you could help yes. me out and raise the dead. So, and so exactly. In my mind, that's what what did it is like they may have gotten like the devil's attention by doing their prayer, but they definitely got his attention when they did that because they both did it right. Like the girl ends up starting to mock Satan, so then he's like, "Oh yeah, you mock me, huh?" Because I feel like this movie, in many ways, is like a fable, and the whole idea is yeah, it's literally the title says children shouldn't play with dead things, and that's sort of what the message is. Like they're playing with dead things, they're toying with things they should not. It was just interesting to me that no zombie comes alive until the moment this guy's trying to steal the ring. Like, that's like... Oh, that's a very good point. Disrespect line that we've hit where they're like, okay, enough's enough. Now you're stealing my jewelry. That's actually a very good point. Yeah, it's almost like a a big sin. It's like an even greater sin than just... Yeah, that's actually... I I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, that, that, that could be it. It could be as simple as that. And one of the things I do have to say I love about a movie like this... And they did this with the Romero zombie movies. They ne- they don't explain it. So you do have to wonder. So they give you a couple of solutions. Like, uh, like was it the ring or was it Alan's prayer or was it Alan taunting Satan? What works? So that that is one of the parts of the movie that I think worked really well. And, uh, oh, yeah, and I think they cut away. Like, in, and obviously that was for budget reasons. They didn't want, but I have to say that one, like I said earlier, when this movie really starts to get going, I thought it was really effective. And one of the things they did was they would cut away just when things got really bad. So like your mind did a lot of work going like, oh my God, what happened next? And we'll get we'll get into some of the things that happen afterwards. But um, I think immediately after that is that they're not the shot. And I had to write down amazing shot of the rising corpses because that was a great shot. There's just a shot of the graveyard and the bodies rising out of it. Yeah, because it's actual people like buried yes. under the dirt, digging themselves out, low yes. budget, but it's it works so good. pretty well. What it's doesn't work so is the score that's over the top of this scene because it goes on for oh, it's a pretty long scene. It's yes, well, three, three it's, solid minutes of these corpses rising, and the score that's over it is this really grating. Yes, like, I love that. I really love that kind of, and I suppose it's supposed to be off-putting. Yeah, and I found it very, very off-putting. Yes, yeah. No, I thought that was a fantastic scene, at least on a visual level. Like, like I said, there's a lot of, and I can tell, like that they clearly only had enough money to pay off this one big sequence, right? Like you said earlier. I, 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 in fact, I'll pull it up right now because I, I made sure to have this to reference. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars. So that whole sequence there was probably most of their money. Like, not even even that one shot. Because they had all of those extras and they had to bury them and then had to get them climbing out. Like, that's a lot, lot of setup. And it's a night shoot. Yes, yes. And that's, um, it, it, it's, it's, it gets very effective, I felt, from this point on. 
Like the the, uh, the rest of the movie, your mileage will vary definitely, but this part of the movie, I think, turned turned out like fantastic. So yeah, so the first zombie attacks, it doesn't actually kill Roy or Emerson, whoever it was. No. there. The first person to actually die is the the caretaker who they had tied up to a tree because he can't. Yes. Okay. Yes. So zombies. And I lost track him. by the end of this movie because we hadn't seen him in so long. I lost track of who the fuck that even was supposed to be. I was <laughs> yeah. like, who's this yeah. guy tied to the? Oh yeah. So I'm glad you remind me. So th- that's actually a great part too. So they tied up this guy to the tree, presumably to keep him out of the way while they desecrate the island. And they don't even party. That's another thing. If they were all getting drunk and like egging each other on or something like that, I can understand a little more. If they were like, "Oh, you're a wuss," and getting you, you know what I mean? If they had like the that lack of hesitation that can come from getting totally drunk, then I could totally understand a little more of these characters doing all these terrible things. But no, they're just all sociopaths, I guess. So this poor bastard is tied to a tree and all the zombies. Are, well, I, I didn't even want to call them zombies in my notes because like we mentioned earlier, that this is before zombie movies were really a thing. And so the, the, the first corpse, is like the poor bastard is tied to a tree and all the corpses close in on him. And again, they cut away just as it, they really enclose and encircle him. I thought that was so good because... I thought it was going to be like a Romero zombie movie where we get to see what happened, wherein you see all that horrifying gore and stuff like that. But I thought it was it ended up being a lot more effective that we didn't. And also, in the having not really known anything about this movie before, in the back of my head, I was kind of wondering, okay, is this going to be like April Fool's Day or something, where we get to the end and we turn out this is part of the prank too? Yeah. Like all oh, yes. Really yes. elaborate shit, and Alan's going to be like, ha-ha, gotcha. Yes. No, it's not, but I wondered that. Yeah, well, uh, the thing is, I I think that the, the reason why my mind didn't go in that direction is that one shot of them all rising. Oh, I love it. I really love that. That would make a great, like, T-shirt or something, that the, the shot of all the, the, the corpses rising from the grave. So they get, uh, what they get the caretaker, there? then they get Roy and Emerson, because they were the ones who were still outside the house. Yes. The game takes... The game it takes a the while to die, doesn't it? One of them gets inside the house and he's like got minor wounds that you can see, obviously, because they didn't have a lot of money. And then he ends up dying inside the house. Well, yeah, because the gang, the gang's finally like, okay, has finally had enough of Alan's shit. We're all yeah. leaving, Alan. You can stay here with Oral the corpse. We're peace out. And yeah, they go okay, out so the front door just in time for. Uh, Emerson, whichever one it is, yeah, Emerson, to run up to them covered in blood and dying because he's been bit. Yes, and to see the zombies coming out of the trees, and then they're like, "Oh shit, back in the house!" Like, <laughs> and we should know you, you pointed out that he got secret. bit. It, it does seem like this movie is not like again the Romero zombie movies where you don't have to worry about him getting bit in the sense that he's going to become a zombie because he doesn't turn into a zombie; he just dies. Yeah, that's not a thing yet. Yeah. So again, this is this is this is before that idea was such a common idea. Because uh, um, where, where else? So uh, are we going to? We got to talk about when they're trying to escape. Because this is this. There's one really really funny part to me, at least. Well, you can. I mean, there's. We're at the point where there's only like twenty minutes of the movie left. If that, <laughs> we're gonna burn through it pretty fast. Um, well, that's okay because there's still so much to talk about. Sort of the context for this movie, I think. Because Paul, Paul gets got. They're trying to board up the windows, and zombies bust through the window and pull Paul 
Yeah, this outside. is the part of yeah, this is the part of the movie everybody's seen a million times where oh no, they're outside the house and then everybody starts breaking down and pointing fingers at each other. And um they look outside and see it's kind of really the only quote unquote gory part. Yes. There's a lady zombie kind of eating I wouldn't say yes. eating Paul's guts. There's a bunch it's, of fake really fake yes. blood on him and she has some on her mouth and that's it. And I thought that was such a creepy, creepy shot because they did it really well where it's pitch black, you can't see anything, but you can only see what is in her flashlight. So then the flashlight pans over from the left and then it centers on that and it's a really I thought that was a really effective shot. And then so So Terry's freaking out because that's her boyfriend and she immediately gets pulled out the window right behind him. So (laughs) our couple, the only two maybe semi-likable people in the movie are the first two to to bite it. So Yes, exactly. Goodbye them. (laughs) Um, Then there's something about a counterspell. Oh yeah. And he tries an unsuccessful plea to Satan. That's what I described it as. Because I wrote counterspell. Psych. I don't know what that means. I think She's like, isn't there a counterspell in the book? And he reads it. And it but yeah, it and then work. he and then he gets mad. He gets mad that it doesn't work. Uh, I, I at least that's how I remember it. And um, there was one bit that did happen earlier. Uh, so for some reason, I think it's to like lure the zombies away from another door. Um, they they like open the front door and they just walk right out into the zombies. They don't. They, did you remember that? They they make like no attempt to defend themselves. Like I'll. Once the zombies close in closer, they start fighting back. But it's they, it's like in a video game where your controller gets stuck and you accidentally walk into like the enemies <laughs> or something. They they open the door, then they bait all the zombies. But their way of baiting them is not in any way defensive or protective. They just stroll right out and like within full arm's reach of the zombies. And I, that I, just, just... I, I laughed as soon as I saw that. I was like, they're like, okay, are you ready? Yeah, let's go. And then they open the door and go right into them. And then they instantly start going like, oh, no, we're struggling. It's like, of course. You should have, like, thought of, like, you should have had something between you and the something. I think they brought out, like, pool skimmers or something, but they did not use them. They, they like, just walked straight out. That It totally broke the tension for that moment. Yeah, it's a real half-assed escape attempt. They didn't yes. to, like lead them away from that door or something. You drew yeah, them. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> I do not know what they were thinking. Well, they've never. They don't know what zombies are. So yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah, so at that point, the Val and Jeffrey get God as well. Um. So the last two we have left are Alan and Anya, and this is my favorite part of the movie. This made me legitimately laugh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anya. Anya and Alan are trying to go upstairs and the zombies have flooded into the house now and they're coming up the stairs towards them. And Alan pushes Anya into the zombies like, here, you can have her. So oh, he, yeah, I love he, that. And one of the zombies looks at Alan like, the fuck did you I do? didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. Go back and watch it. One oh, of the zombies looks up at Alan like, what? I have to say, I didn't, I didn't know that part and I wrote, Alan throws the girl to the corpses. I wrote down so good. Because it's like such a bastard thing to do, and it's—I thought that was so perfect for the character. I, I did love that. I have to say that's—it's such a dark, dark, dark moment. Because normally in these movies, the girl will get grabbed or something, and then Alan will be too cowardly to help her and leave her behind. But no, in this movie, he literally throws her to the zombies, and I was like, "Wow, what a fucking asshole!" 
Oh, I did have to note when they do get outside the house and they start running, the the corpses ambush them. And you have to wonder how did all these damn corpses hide in these trees? They like oh, that's that's why I wrote sight. Yeah, that's yes, that's yes, a good yes. moment. So they 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 do the counter spell and they think it worked because the zombies aren't by the yeah, house. The zombies leave. Yes. So they go outside like oh we're we're safe and they get about fifty yards away into the trees. And then, whoops, the zombies are still there, like, waiting for them in ambush. Yes. And back in the so house. then they start going down by one by one, and I had to write down the schlubby guy goes down, a, a Tweedledee, Tweedledum has to go down yep. first. And then we, then Alan, Alan and the girl are the last two people to get make it, and then Alan consciously throws the girl <laughs> to the zombies. But yeah, go go back and watch that scene and pay, there's a, there's a, zombie, there's a zombie on the right-hand side of that that's great. Of the stairs of that group of zombies. It's a guy. Nice. And when he throws Anya into the zombies, looks up at Alan like, I can't believe you That's amazing. That. <laughs> and here's what I like about that. Is this movie makes very clear these are intelligent like corpses because they tricked the people. And we'll get we gotta get to the ending. We'll get to the ending, but the ending definitely proved these are intelligent corpses. Well, I mean, this pretty much is the ending. He throws on you to yeah. the He goes up in the room and tries to lock himself in. The problem yes. is it's the room they put Orville in. And Orville's alive of now, course. too. Of so course. Orville gets him, which is poetic justice. Yes. And that's, then... and then, the uh, the movie. Then we have credits, during which... Yeah, this is a fantastic sequence. So I'll, I'll, uh, let me describe it. So yeah. what you see is you see the corpses then get back on the... Get on the sailboat... And you see the city skyline uh, in the distance. So the idea, obviously, is that they're then going to go and invade the city. And I fucking love that. I love that so much. I just don't know. See, yeah, Tom, the sorry, the just the idea that the zombies are smart enough to like, oh, there's more people over there that we can eat. But I think not, they are. It's not as scary of a thing because, because since these aren't zombies that if they bite you, you turn into a zombie... Yes. It's not going to be like, this isn't effectively the beginning of the zombie apocalypse or something. You're it's right. Like five you're zombies right. on a boat, they're going to get killed pretty quickly. You're right. But you know what, though? I wonder if there's something more, more nefarious. Like, maybe maybe corpses are rising elsewhere. Who knows? I kind of I like that this kind of raises questions. But the point that I definitely took away is that these are definitely smarter than your average zombie. Because they trick the people, and yeah. then now they're, they're, they're using boats. And it's a sailboat too. I think you see one of them reaching up to the mast and like undoing it and all that, to like undoing the rigging and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the movie. Fast zombies, smart zombies. We got them all. Yeah, I actually yeah. Uh, no. I have to say, overall, I did enjoy it. But I have about forty-five minutes in, I was definitely like, okay, get to the point. Like, I, I get, I get the point that this guy's an asshole. I get that he's pissing off the devil. Now can we have something happen? Like, it would have been, you know, it, it would have been interesting if they had one of them go missing. And then there would be a question of whether that's a prank or whether Alan's doing it. Then something, something to have some more tension because there was no tension for 90% of the movie. Like, or let's say like 80% of the movie. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's worth watching as kind of this weird little artifact. I didn't, yes. it's not something I would probably watch again or <laughs> yeah but i can see i suspect very much that this has a cult following and i, I it definitely does i get it 
Well, like I said, when I was a kid, I never got a chance to see that. Like when I say kid, I mean like even when I was like 15 and or 16 in high school and I was trying to track down all these movies, like even seeing the Romero zombie movies could be hard sometimes because the DVD would be out of print or whatever the hell. So it, it really like I, I watched this one on YouTube. It was available free on YouTube. So I watched it there. Um, and so it, it really, it, we live in an age now where all this stuff is so much more accessible. And in a lot of ways, it starts feeling le- sort of less cult. You know what I mean? Like that sense of this being like something obscure and hard to find is kind of lost because back in the day, I would have to be at some random video store and see this on a shelf in like a used bin for three ninety nine, And that, that's how I'd see that movie. And uh, now I just find it on YouTube. Like I was just looking up where to find it. It happened to be on YouTube. Yeah, it was definitely, it's a movie that I knew, I knew the title of. I had definitely heard that title and gone it's like. It's such a great title. That's, that's a fun title for a movie. It's, a, it's very Beyond memorable. That, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and well, it's a title that makes you wonder. And um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit misleading because it makes you, like, of course, it makes you think of actual children, but there are no children involved in this film. They're all like in their 20s, I assume, these characters. Yeah, I was picturing more like a pet cemetery situation. Yeah, and if you look at the artwork, uh, let me just pull up the poster again to look at. Uh, you should see it on Wikipedia. It definitely has kind of a fun house. I don't know if you know that movie. I think Toby Hooper did it. Yeah, it, it, I'll pull, uh, I, can't, I can't show you on the screen, but it, it looks, it's got a very sort of cartoonish, silly look to it that might make you think it might be in that sort of direction, but it, it really isn't. And um, Wikipedia, I will point out, it does describe it as a horror comedy. So I, it, that makes me think that things like Alan saying Grimori and stuff like that, those are definitely intended to be jokes. It's just fun. It's, it's interesting that this early in the zombie, because again, it was four years after Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Already, Bob Clark is already dissecting it. This yes. This isn't really even a genre, genre yet. Genre. Yes. Yet. Oh, he was already... I feel, I feel like he was apart and making comedy out of it. <laughs> no, I, I feel like, well, here's one thing I, I've said this about in my, like in conversation with my friends and stuff, I say this a lot that I find the reason why there's so many horror comedies is that it is very, very hard, especially on a budget to make something scary. Because if you have an unconvincing effect, you're not scaring anybody, right? Like if you have a big monster in your movie and it comes out and it looks like shit, no one's going to be scared. So that's why it's easier to make a movie where you lean into the fact that the monster looks silly or that the effects are unconvincing or, you, you know, you kind of laugh with the audience. And I feel like that's sort of what they were going with with this movie. And uh, have, um, and so uh, that's why I think I was a little bit easier on it is because I sort of saw where they were coming from. Yeah, I can see that. It's not something, it's certainly not, in the amongst the worst movies we've watched for the oh yeah i would definitely yeah but, i mean yeah for, i mean just pure entertainment wise I, it's probably somewhere in the middle of the 20s some almost 30 movies i've watched so yeah well for me i didn't do it for me but i can see what it was going for and taking into consideration the budget and the time and all things like that yeah well if you, if you like, I would, if my, my opinion on it would be 
if you're like me and it's been on your list of things that you've always wanted to see, then sure, watch it. But I wouldn't go out of my way, like, because back in the day, it, 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 I would have had to go out of my way to see this movie. I'm kind of glad I didn't because I, I could picture myself buying a, a $40 two-disc edition somewhere or some shit like that back as a kid and and then getting it home and watching it being like, oh, I spent $40 on this? <laughs> It, it, it also, I think, was in. It's also one of those movies, though. I think people would refer to as well in interviews. Like, I think it, it was definitely influential on a lot of horror directors because I'm trying to think of people, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Eli Roth or of that generation of filmmakers they they would be like, "Oh, children, children shouldn't play with dead things." They'd bring it up. I think even George Romero, for some reason, I have a really strong association between this movie and George uh, George Romero. And, and not just because of, of the obvious similarities. For some reason, something makes me think that there, there was some sort of comment he made on it or some sort of influence he took or vice versa. There's definitely a Night of the Living Dead influence on this movie, of course. I could 100% see this being a movie that influenced Sam Raimi. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, they, I, that's something I forgot to put in my notes is there's a book of the damned, you know, and it summons the evil. Right, like arguably, like like we mentioned earlier, it's not quite clear what raises the dead, but one of the theories is did his grimory work? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, well, and here's a, another line to connect it to Sam Raimi is that Sam Raimi he made his own children shouldn't play with dead things before he made Evil Dead and he made that movie. I think it was just called Cabin in the Woods, right? Like he made his own low budget see what we can do fucking around and then he made evil dead which was kind of a remake of that yeah and then evil dead 2 is kind of a comedy remake of evil dead 1 so he's kind of done that movie three times yeah 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 totally totally okay. exactly and then the, the four technically if we're going to talk about uh the remake because he produced it i'm a huge evil dead fan if we end up talking about evil dead we could do like a whole episode about evil <laughs> dead in fact i'll sh- i'll pull it up on the cam so you can see it this is my this is my sketchbook and this is my this is a special sketchbook that I only do in red ink and the whole idea is that anytime I want to draw like a movie monster or something creepy um, I draw it in this book and I draw it in red ink and sometimes uh, Heath introduced me probably earlier I'm bipolar Andrew and so yeah I'm literally bipolar type I was just about to say okay well I'm bipolar Andrew or Andrew I never even introduced you at the top of the episode. Uh, that's Damn, okay. I, Andrew. I need no introduction. The devil needs no introduction. So I'm bipolar Andrew. I met Heath via Twitter. He's a good guy. And so um, just explain the sketchbook a bit. I've even shown it on Twitter, so I'll send you some pictures later, Keith. Uh, Heath. Uh, Keith. I'm sorry. Tongue-tied. Um, Here's one. So Heath, uh, um, this sketchbook, anytime I want to draw like leather face or something like that, I draw it in there. And uh, and sometimes I'll like journal when I'm like really depressed. So then the whole idea, though, is like when you have a sketchbook, you really don't want people to be like peeking in it and like uh, just flipping through it. So I tried to make it as creepy as possible. So uh, one night I was making spaghetti and I was like, you know what? Let's have some fun. I was like slopping spaghetti on it. So when it dried, it really does look like something horrible happened with this book. <laughs> Someone wants to touch your gnarly sketchbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's 100% because I'm such a big Evil Dead fan, and there's a book like it in Evil Dead, and there's a book sort of like it in this movie. 
there's something about an evil book as a concept you know what i mean like it it really sort of captures your imagination that last week's movie had it too oh really what movie what movie i missed i missed last week's what was it soul to keep surprisingly good movie nice it's on amazon and it's no, uh, it, it has a grimoire and a and a ritual to Beelzebub and stuff. So excuse me, it's a grimoire. I learned this movie. <laughs> My bad. Um, it's that time of the episode where I push the magic button to find out what movie, completely at random from everything streaming, will be my movie for next week's episode. Oh, is that how? I just want to say so. That's how it works. Is from anything streaming, you just randomly pick. I, I was just wondering how you randomize it. That's really cool. Yeah, that's how... Yeah, if you look at the list of movies we've had on the show, why it's such a weird, eclectic mix. No, I love that. No, I, it, <laughs> That's why. It could literally be anything. So, wicked. I'm pushing the button now. Drum roll, please. Next week's movie is... Oh, we're staying on horror three weeks in a row. <laughs> I Didn't Come Here to Die. That's a great title. 2010. I want to see this movie now. 2010? Oh, as soon as I heard it was from 2010, I wasn't so impressed because if it, if it had come out in the 70s, a movie with that title would be incredible. It is on Amazon. Prime All right. Video. Yeah, I didn't come here to die. From 2010, that is your everyone's homework for next week, should you choose to accept it. Oh, I'll be watching that. Um, I forgot to mention earlier... Uh, children shouldn't play with dead things is rated PG. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It 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 it's mostly kind of suggestive dialogue. And if you think of oh yeah, there's the, only the one unconvincing shot of gore. If you think about it, yeah, and there's no real there's no swearing. Yeah, I mean, I I th- I think that joke about losing your virginity when you're a brownie should get you an R rating. <laughs> it should but, get the right. It should get the writer questioned. But also, in 1972, there wasn't a PG-13 yet, so you were either PG or you were R. Oh, that's really interesting. No, that's why there's a lot of PG movies that have stuff in them that's like, that's a little much. And there's some R-rated movies where you're like, well, that maybe shouldn't have been R. That wasn't that bad. It's because there wasn't anything in between yet. Yeah, I didn't didn't realize. I thought they re-rated them occasionally. At least they they do in Canada. What happens is when they they release stuff like this on video, it does get re-rated in Canada. So I wouldn't be surprised, like... I can't even, I swear to God, I, I'm not exaggerating. I, I think Night of the Living Dead, the first one, is might be PG in Canada. I could be mistaken, but I, I, I seem to remember picking up the pack and being like, what? It might be here, too. Yeah. Because that's definitely not a... Well, here's another thing, too, is a lot of people don't seem to understand is that they rate for tone. Like, there is a complete difference between... Evil Dead in Evil Dead 2. Like, Evil Dead, the violence is a lot more funny, it's a lot more silly and goofy, whereas you watch the movie, the, the first one or the remake, the violence is a whole other thing. And, and they definitely take that into consideration. Like, I, I'm not trying to defend the rating system, I think the whole thing is hogwash, but they definitely do take that into consideration. Like, this movie, most of the violence that you see in it, it, it turns out to be a prank, right? Until the end. And then there's only that one gory shot. Otherwise, it's just people kind of grappling with zombies and then falling to the ground. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not gory, and there's no swearing. So it's the PG makes sense. It's just I mean, is it the world's only PG zombie movie? It might be. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's well. We we did say maybe, maybe, maybe the first Night of the Living Dead. We'll have to look into that. 
Uh, well, can I make probably, and there's other I mean there's zombie movies throughout the fifties and sixties and stuff, but not yes. not like the George Romero height. Of, yeah, definitely. Well, that there definitely was a change. So George A. He would George Romero would mark the sort of turning point in the genre, and this was definitely one of the steps along the way. This movie here. Are we going to be wrapping it up? Yeah, I think that about does it. Where can people find you? Should yeah, you so the, the easiest thing the the easiest thing right now is probably on Twitch, and uh, so it's twitch.tv and then it's just bipolar Andrew. What I've been doing lately, I don't know if you missed this, Heath. Uh, I started a movie club. Copyrights be damned, folks. Uh, we're, and so we're streaming pretty much whatever we want. I'm doing it with friends. Yesterday, we did The Master of Disguise, that god-awful Dana Carvey movie. And so if you want to get an idea of what that's like, it's still up there. It's uh, still up on my Twitch channel until the copyrights take it down. But that's not the point. The whole point is that you get together. We pick a movie, we talk about it, and we all have fun. Just because we all miss this experience. We're all stuck inside with the pandemic. So it's kind of fun to hang out with your friends and talk about a movie while you're hanging out. So that's exactly what we're going to be doing. Uh, so keep an eye on Twitch because that's where I'll be doing that. So again, Twitch, uh, just look me up. It's Bipolar Andrew. Is that we got to do a movie, Heath? We got to pick. We got to. Yeah, we're not going to do it random though. I'm, we're going to pick one. That that's how it works for this. So we'll, we'll talk about that after we finish recording it at some point. Absolutely. Do you want do you want uh, Twitter or anything or just? Uh, I I'm trying to avoid Twitter right now, so it's probably a be- best I don't plug Twitter. So sure. yeah, just let's just stick to Twitch for now. Twitter. Let's just say Twitter. Twitter has been bad lately, and it's going to get even worse on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. All right, folks. Very. This was awesome. I and I, this couldn't. We couldn't have had a, a better movie to talk about. Yeah, because I, I I've wanted to see this for years, years. And now, you know, we've done it. Yeah, you gave me an excuse. You thank you, buddy. No problem. I've been Heath. He's been Andrew. Next week's movie again. I didn't come here to die on Amazon Prime. Um. Goodbye and have a good week, everybody. All right. Night, folks. We did it.